0: It all starts in Mobile. What happened day one? Who's on the rise and who's not? This is a special live episode of Locked On NFL Draft. Welcome into the Senior Bowl.
1: You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
2: your team every day.
0: The sun comes out, the sun shines on the field, and you get to see new prospects here in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. I'm Ryan Tracy with Aaron Freeman, David Harrison. We are here from Locked On to give you today's updates. Day one, who stood out, who didn't, and where is this all going? It started out as kind of a a damp day, a lot of fog, and then boom, the sun came out. It obviously got to me. How did you guys fare out there after it lit me on fire?
2: Uh, it was uh, the American practice was not great at that point. I had gotten about four or five hours of sun, and I was out of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was a scorcher, and you know, coming from coming from Virginia down here, I left like twenty degree weather to come down here, and I was I was not I was wishing I had shorts on, and then I made the the really bright decision to go up on the second level to watch the O line mm-hmm. drills, um, which at first I, I regretted, but. Eventually, a breeze came through and that kind of gave me a second life, so I uh, was able to plug through it. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hot. I mean, those those guys had their helmets off; like they were they were drinking a lot. And at first, I was kind of surprised they allowed them to have their helmets off. But then, once the heat really sunk in, I was like, okay, those those guys need to let that heat out. And and yeah, it was it was it was tough. But I mean, that's you know that's the kind of environment you want to see these guys perform in. So I think it was it was a good thing for all of them.
0: Yeah, it's not even July. There's training camp coming. They'll, yeah. they'll be fine. Yeah. I, I think what you see there is that it's adaptation whether you got here today, whether you expected to be here, whether you expect the weather to be like that, what do you do when you get here to stand out? And I think when you take a look at the quarterbacks in particular, I'm still waiting. Yeah. I don't know, Aaron, did, did you see anything that stood out to you in a positive way about the quarterback group that said yay or nay? When went?
2: No, no, not at all. I, I didn't focus a lot on the quarterbacks, but when I did, I don't think I saw a single pass being completed the whole day. It was just every time a receiver uh, got open, air mailed, and so the receivers are just... You know what, what are we doing here guys like you know can you hit me on the numbers didn't see a lot of that today so uh the quarterback group a little rough start but we'll see if they can uh, progress over the course of the week and get better as day to day
0: i must have been looking at good times i saw a little bit from jake Hayner that made me think like a guy that came in a little bit lower on the depth chart maybe he's gonna rise up for me dave did you see anything from him in particular or anybody
1: else no um I- most of my attention was spent on the trenches today. I did uh, so. I, I actually mentioned to uh, to Ross while we were talking pre show the uh, the very first snap. So I was watching online drills. They were trying to take a break. So I was, okay, let me watch some quarterback stuff. I look over at Jaron Hall. He's dropping back, pulls the hand back, and there's no ball and I said okay let me let me not watch quarterbacks right now and I'll I'll come back to that tomorrow later on in the week but you know of course it's the nature of, of the game right when there's a lull over here you look over here and same thing i mean there were when the when the ball was on target it was dropped a lot there was some running back drops tight end drops uh, miscommunications where receivers are running down the field and the ball is is clearly behind like there's not there's not even an opportunity to make the adjustment um we got a chance to talk to uh washington commander's assistant running back coach. she's running back coach here for the national team jennifer king after practice and and we kind of asked her about some of these miscommunications and and i think it was a good thing she she made the effort to clarify and i think it's important for all the fans especially to know while they're watching some of this coverage and seeing some of these plays that these guys literally had their team meetings yesterday for the very first time. That's the first time as a team they ever got together. The next day, they're on a practice field with all 32 teams represented on one side and hundreds of media outlets on the other side, and maybe thousands of Twitter accounts, because a lot of us have two or three Twitter accounts, you know, depending on your level of en- engagement, tweeting about everything. Uh, that they're doing it's it's a lot of pressure there's a lot that these guys are going through it's not to excuse them necessarily but there is a grain of salt that these coaches evaluators you guys know this but so i hope that the fans at home also know there's a huge grain of salt being applied to everything you're seeing in mobile so as a fan if you're watching a guy also apply that grain of salt because it does matter the last thing about quarterbacks that i want to make sure i do personally last year was a really good quarterback class here we got to make sure we lead that last year i think Like Don't come into this year. I know last year's draft class for quarterbacks was not all that great, but like the quarterbacks that were in Mobile were better than your average crop, I think. Don't bring that level of expectation to this group because that's not going to be fair to these guys, and I think that could skew the way that we see things.
0: It certainly can, and that's a comparison that's going to be natural, but we have to remember. I always liken this first jump to that first rookie wall. That they're going to see next season. This day one to day two, what can you do to improve? That's going to be the big leap. Folks, if you don't know, you can listen to Dave over on Locked On Commanders. You can also check out Aaron on Locked On Falcons. You can if you want to suffer through your Super Bowl-bound Kansas City Chiefs. You can listen to me over there. But uh, there's always something to be said about that. And when you come back to rookies taking a leap, that's what we got to see tomorrow. Especially for the quarterbacks. I thought Max Duggan was... Clearly, to me, even in the, the presser before practice, just feels like a guy that is so rooted in college, still refers to things as a program. I think mm-hmm. he's got to take a step out of his shell. I'm waiting for him to realize that this is his chance individually to shine, that he doesn't have to lead a team of his compatriots. This is about his performance. And mm-hmm. I'm hoping and I feel like maybe tomorrow we get more out of him. Do you see that?
2: Yeah, I think so. I, th- I saw some nice things from Doug at points. Um, in this one, and I feel like if anybody's gonna shine, he he has the opportunity to do so. And I think David made a good point. Like you had six out of the the top seven quarterbacks in last year's draft oh. class at last yeah. year's Senior Bowl, and this year, maybe three of these guys are in the top seven. Maybe yeah. So it's one of those things where, um, and that doesn't even count Hinden Hooker, who's not who's technically here, but not practicing so it's one of those things where i think duggan has a chance to to really step out of him and so as david pointed out i think that growth from day one to day two is really where these quarterbacks can really make a name for themselves
0: and as we're recording this they're meeting again they're working on that chemistry it is building tonight as you guys watch this live that they're trying to come together If anybody's going to do it, I think it is always a natural progression to see quarterbacks tie in with their tight ends. I thought there was a little bit of good exercise there today from the tight end group. We're going to talk about them a little bit further down the line. But the tight ends are going to help the quarterbacks. I think the running backs are going to help as well. And hopefully everything loosens up because I really do expect that after the top two quarterbacks go in this draft, it's going to be... I think a little bit more topsy-turvy than everybody thinks right now. And Hooker's a great point. Because yeah. if he was here, I do believe today would have been better. And I do believe tomorrow would have been better. I think yeah. the injury has forced a lot of people to forget about him. So if you put your money on any quarterback here, who is it for tomorrow's practice?
1: I'm going to go with Hall. Okay. I, I'm, I'm looking <laughs> for Hall. I, I, I want uh, You know what I mean? And and th- that there's a little bit of selfishness in there because a lot of Bucks fans um that respond to like our locked on bucks content they're kind of eyeing him as a later round draft pick and i've already had some conversations with other people like locked on Saints host ross jackson about really where hall's draft stock is going to end like is it going to stay kind of where some people have now like towards the back part of the of the entire weekend or is it going to rise a little bit and and obviously reps like bringing your ball your hand back and the ball is laying in front of you is not going to help him right but it's it's just the dynamic that I can't really tap into, that I that I, that I hope to tap into someday is, like in the media, we have like these fast risers, right? Guys that go from like seventh, like fourth round prospects through like senior bowl combine. And I wonder sometimes, do the scouts already have those guys as far? So they see us yes, and they're they like, do. oh yeah, fast riser. You mean the fourth <laughs> round guy, the third round guy that we've had labeled that way since October? Good job, media guys. because we're not in the meeting rooms, you know what I mean? And we're not seeing what they're seeing and we don't evaluate the team the way that they evaluate the team. So there's a there's a level of fairness there, but I am curious as every year it happens. There's always a guy that, I mean, honestly, at one point Brock Purdy last year, like there was times during the last collegiate season where people were like third, fourth round pick. And then all of a sudden he's Mr. Irrelevant. And then all of a sudden he's almost going to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, these things have a way of ebbing and flowing. So it's just gonna be really interesting to see how specifically these quarterbacks come out of the senior bowl and then through the combine, through the pro days, and and by the time we get to April, where these guys sit.
2: Well, I was going to say not Jaron Hall. So, you know, we're opposite on that one, just like we are when we're doing our Locked On Bucks, Locked On Fockets crossovers. (laughs) Um, I'll go with Jake Hayner. Um, you, You talk about Brock Purdy, right? And every... Draft show I've heard over the last week or two has been who's going to be the next Brock Purdy. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have looked at Jake Hayner as that guy. And so I'm curious to see if he lives up to that billing as a guy that, again, you know, Brock Purdy didn't exactly, you know, show out in in, in a major way in the pre-draft process to, to rise up those draft boards that David's talking about. But uh, I'm curious if we can see some of those glimpses of Jake Hainer just being kind of a, a playmaker, whether that's in practice or later in the week when we get to the game. Um, that's what I'm gonna be looking for uh, in the coming practices. Well,
0: I like his opportunity because clearly no one's stepping up and taking it by the reins yet. And like we said, two hours of practice each team so far, it's just the very beginning. But I expect that, that starters whistle to go off tomorrow, first period, they gotta get after it. That's what I'm hoping as well. I really don't have a feel I just want someone to emerge because I think after the first couple of tiers of quarterbacks, if you're talking day three guys, I think it's a wide open field and somebody has to go take that. It might as well be a senior. And I think this is the perfect opportunity. The whole reason that we're here is because it is the opportunity that it is. So who can help them? We have to move on to some other positions that I I think are really a little bit undervalued right now because this running back group in particular is really, really good top to bottom. I think performance wise, these are guys that are going to help those quarterbacks. I personally have a favorite. I'm not going to give that away yet. You listeners probably already know. But let's start with you, Aaron. If anybody stands out at the running back that can not only help move the ball down the field on the ground, but actually matriculate to the league in a way that they're looking for a modern running back to be, who is it?
2: I like Rashawn Johnson. Um, He didn't get a ton of opportunities at Texas because uh, he was behind some guy named... I think Bijan Robinson. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, B- Bucks fans know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you heard of that guy. Um, and so, he's one of those guys I think is very interesting in this draft class to see sort of where his stock is because he's kind of, I think he was a high school quarterback. Type of uh, a guy, but a bigger guy, more physical guy, and I'm I'm curious to see how he stands out in terms of some of these pass catching drills because you, they will put you through the test in the Senior Bowl, uh, and if you can't, you know, hang in, in on third downs, you know that that will get exposed over the course of the practice week. So he's one of those guys I'm I'm keeping an eye on.
0: Dave, I assume you feel the same because Bucks fans are just waiting for it.
1: Uh, I'm go- I'm actually going with a different guy, and I'm going to say this name, and Ross Jackson is not going to laugh at me. Tajay Spears and so here's a little inside joke on this we've had some conversations about mispronouncing player names and Tajay is a guy that I had to work on a lot and these guys are not helping me work on that because I say it and they're like no it's TJ it's something different, it's something different and I'm just like guys you're, you're killing me here but I watched a little bit of him today again his first day huge of salt. but I thought I saw a little bit of JD McKissick and I say a little bit because they're not clones and, you know, player comps kind of get crazy because people, you know, w- sometimes we take them too literal. But but what I, th- what I see is a guy that potentially has some pass catching ability, but also has some running ability, probably not between the tackles. But you look at a team like the Washington Commanders, they don't need that between the tackle guy. They've got Brian Robinson. They've also got Antonio Gibson who do a little bit of both. But then J.D. McKissell was really kind of their pass catching running back, you know, former wide receiver converted to running back. So I'm kind of wondering if Tajay can kind of be that guy, but then also maybe still have an element of versatility to him because JD McKissick, unfortunately, has a pretty significant neck injury that we think, then I don't know what the future of his career holds, but I do know that the Washington Panthers like to have that multi-back system and like and they, they love having the two backs, but they would love to have the third. So depending on, again, where his stock ends up by the end of this entire process, when we get to April, he could be a guy that if he's available at the right spot, could see him land uh, in the DMV.
0: I do like the the idea of him growing into a bigger role, too. He doesn't have to walk in and be a bell cow. Let's get in there, see what you got, get used to the level of competition. I think that's a great role for him. I love the fact that Roshan's got low, low mileage. I'm, I'm looking for a bargain car right now, and that's what I'm looking for. I'll tell you the guy that stands out to me, and I've been a fan of his for a while, because I think the projection to the league and everything that you have to do in it is maybe the most that I've been excited about a running back, and uh, you listeners know that I'm not exactly big on the running backs in the top 100, but... Kenny McIntosh makes me happy in ways that I probably shouldn't admit out in public, but I think I can see him on the field for a team that I like and hopefully not for one that I dislike, making big things happen. Do you guys put any stock into the Georgia players in particular, having an advantage about having played all the extra games, two back-to-back national championships, and having that experience, playing through the rookie wall possibilities next season? Does anything ring for you?
1: I think there's something to that, you know what I mean? And I don't think it's kind of like an automatic they're not going to have the rookie wall. They're not going to have those problems because that's, you know, to to a different individual, that's just just not fair to kind of expect that, right? But I think we see from some of these power five guys, and and again, I'll reference Brian Robinson uh, Jr., for example, coming out of Alabama, like watching him through the year. Now, granted, some people say, well, he also missed the first chunk of the season, but he missed the first song of the season because he got shot in the leg. So it's not like he was just resting and relaxing. You know what I'm saying? Like he, this is a kid who, yes, he he kind of j- jumped into the season a quarter of the way through, but he was fully rehabbing and not even fully physical by that time. But by the time you see him to the end of the season, like if the Commanders find a way to sneak into the playoffs, he still got juice. You know what I mean? And that's a guy who can still go. And I think that's a testament a little bit to some some of these programs and what they're doing. Because I mean, I don't like I don't think some people understand like some of these small time colleges that people will kind of scoff at almost and be like, oh, you played at that school? Like, if you went to their facilities, these are state-of-the-art facilities. (laughs) Um, There was a a specific school, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there was a a specific school that some people were kind of trashing on Twitter, and somebody came back, clapped back, and was like, oh, you mean this school where Olympians train? That school that you're clowning on? Like, you know what I mean? So I think the sports medicine, the science, and the way that these guys approach their careers as student-athletes is changing the way that the rookie wall hits some of them not all of them
2: yeah i think um you know i gotta give a shout out to my guys clinton daniel at locked bulldogs um you know Georgia's one of those programs like we you, you talk about the science of it right but there's also that mentality right and, and alabama was known as being that sort of they're training you to be a professional football player, right? And I think Georgia has kind of taken that over and and certainly the way that they ended their season this year, uh, they they look like a professional sports team playing a college football team uh, with what they did to uh, Max Duggan and those TCU Horn Frogs. Um, So I, I do think A player like Kenny McIntosh, I I know he cramped up during practices today, so he wasn't able to show his uh, full stuff, and hopefully he'll be uh, no issues for the rest of the week. But I think some of these Georgia guys do have an advantage, not only from the physical standpoint, but also a mental standpoint.
0: I I purposely let you go last because, you know, you have a little bit of inside knowledge there, right? Outside of Kenny, and, and we'll talk about my proclivity for him later. Did anybody stand out for you, positive or negative, from that particular program now that we know they have to make a transition and they're the last team to play?
2: I I wanted to keep uh, an eye on Warren McClendon, the Georgia right tackle. Uh, He's wearing number 77 for his late teammate, Devin Willock, uh, in honor of him and i I saw some positive things from him in practice today uh so that was one player that stood out and i'm I'm very curious to see how he handles the rest of the week but he's a a a young player that i i'm a big fan of i think he's a you know just kind of just a gritty hard-nosed offensive tackle one of those guys that may not be the the best athlete or anything like that but he's going to wind up you know starting 10 years in the nfl He's
0: on my list of, of performers today, too. And we need to talk about our top performers. We should probably keep it with that positioning group, right? I was watching O-line quite a bit. I think both of you guys were, too. So let's let's just dig into it. I, I think the tackle class is deeper than we thought. It may not have the top end, but I think it's there. And I think several guys showed out today. I was impressed with a number of dudes. Um, Bergeron was one. McClendon was another. Uh, I think both of them played probably better on par than I expected on day one. And I hope that they can raise their level. If you had to pick one top performer, it doesn't have to be on the line or anywhere else, but who was your guy?
2: I liked Jalen Duncan. Jalen Duncan out of Maryland, the uh, offensive tackle for the national team. He went into the season with a lot of buzz. A lot of people were thinking maybe this guy could be the first tackle off the board. And he didn't really put together the season that he needed to to sort of confirm that and all that sort of top 15 first round buzz kind of disappeared and fizzled out this year and you know kind of was looking like maybe a day two guy maybe one of these athletic you know swing tackle types that you can develop down the road and so the senior bowl i think was a great opportunity for him to kind of show okay like all the, all that hype that i was getting six months ago is worthwhile and i think he 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 came off looking very good on this opening day uh, alongside several other of those uh, standout offensive tackles for that national squad on today. So I think this was a great day one for Jalen Duncan.
0: Yeah, and you got You can never have enough tackles, right? Is there a tackle on your list, or is, who's your top performer from today?
1: Yeah, it's, it's Dewan Jones, and, I mean, the Ohio State tackle. And it's kind of low-hanging fruit because, like, he's, he's the arguably the highest rated. I mean, depending on there's, – there's a couple of other alignment. Some people may have rated a little bit higher, but for the most part, Dewan Jones is kind of the guy. And, I mean, as soon as you step into the stadium, like, that dude is massive. You know what I mean? And, and we've all seen some players where it's like, okay, you're listed at this, but you're not that. Like Dewan Jones, like he might be listed short. I don't right. know, like maybe he was slouching. Like, like that is a big man. Um, I will tell you right now, like if he ever steals my car, I may just say, okay, like we're just gonna write that off. That's not an invitation. Please do not steal my car. Um, but he's just massive. You know what I mean? And you saw it in the drills. And, and even sometimes there was a time where one of the, one of the pass rushers, um, I want to say it was, it was the edge defender from Clemson really kind of got on him quick. And you can just tell like DeWan was not ready for that speed, but he kind of just kicked his feet back in a way that most linemen are probably eating grass, but this dude is just so big. And I mean, and he just kind of hops back a little awkwardly, but then you just see him just go like, no, you will not pass. And like, you won the rep. Like, as an edge defender, you won. You beat him, and you still didn't get to the quarterback. It's like simulated or otherwise, you still didn't get to the quarterback. Now, my question is, and what I want to watch for the rest of the week, because he was getting coached up. Because, and, and you guys are familiar, and, and Ryan, I know you have an O line background. Like, the technique is important, especially as you get to the National Football League, that technique is going to be important. And he was getting coached up a little bit. I want to see how much he starts to kind of adjust. To that technique and I'm really curious because national team defensive line coach Ryan kerrigan knows a thing or two about getting past some guys and I'm curious to see if maybe he doesn't take this opportunity to to do some things and let, let's test Dewan during the practices and especially during the game let's see if the American team does some things to maybe try and test Dewan Jones and his limitations I hope they do because it's only going to make DeJuan better. And it'll, it'll give the scouts on hand and the coaches who are dealing with them uh, a better idea of who he is as an NFL prospect.
0: Yeah, I thought DeWan stepped up today, too, a, yeah. a little bit better. I, I was actually came away pleasantly surprised with uh, Darnell Wright from Tennessee as well. I thought he was a guy that, that didn't really show his power very well on a lot of the film that I watched. But I thought he was all over the place today. He maintained his pad level better than where it has been, closer to where it needs to be. It's not all the way there, but he was another guy. But for me, the winner of the day, especially in the trenches, it was a small school guy, and I generally have a bias that I really want it proven. If you're coming from a smaller school, that you can step into this ballgame and compete. Cody Mock did that, and I don't care if you call him a tackler or a guard, he could play for me today. I'm happy with that. And it, at the end of the day, it's about moving your feet and being able to recover. Nobody wins every rep, you have to be able to engage, sustain that contact, and adjust. And I thought his feet are what saved him a couple of times, but his ability to control his core and really get bent and recover, I I was impressed with that, more so than I expected to be, to tell you the truth. So uh, did you guys see anything about him in particular that that stood out to you, or am I seeing things?
2: No, I think you're dead on with Cody Mock. Uh, He played left tackle, and today he he played left guard. And this was basically the first time he had been um, playing guard, from what I heard, since his freshman year at NDSU, Mm -hmm. where they were just kind of, Give him a couple of practice reps. This was his first real practice at left guard, and if this is sort of him, you know, breaking his cherry, you know, did a pretty good job.
1: Yeah, I mean, he he's definitely a winner. I mean, and he might have been the most consistently good lineman on the field today. And he's another guy. I, I saw him lose a rep uh, to the Arizona State D tackle um, during teams. So this wasn't one on ones. This is during teams. So he loses the rep. He overextends and the and the, does exactly get that arm out of here, you know what I mean? You reach, I teach, get that arm out of here. And Cody literally just took his shoulder, drove it into his chest and said, cool, you're still not getting through this gap <laughs> and still pushed him down and washed him out. I was like, how does this dude miss on a reach and then still wash this guy out with his shoulder? You know what I mean? Like To me, one, physically, it's just impressive. Two, mentally, because like, it's not. It's not over. The rep's not over. I still have tools. As long as there's a part of my body I can put on you, yeah. you this isn't over yet. Um, and then we saw some other things where guys, you know, the rushes kind of went wide out. So now he's got kind of a two gap assignment. And you know, you see it. You guys, guys got a, a wide wingspan. And usually, what happens? Someone knocks that hand out of there, gets through, and he didn't. He was in the the mental acuity, the fluidity of him to read the defense, see what's going on, and shift. And then seeing him shift from like an inside read, going to the outside and just fire off to help his tackle, like it was just incredibly impressive. And again, you want to see growth from the second day, but it's almost like he's in a position where it's not necessarily growth because you saw a lot of great things. just see it again and then again. And it reminds me of not alignment, but Christian Watson last year came out first day, balled out. So, okay, let's see second day, balled out. Third day, in monsoon rain. Okay, we'll give you a little bit of credit for drop passes, no drop passes, which is why it was really surprising when I mean, he dropped his very first pass right. in his NFL <laughs> career. <laughs> it's like, dude, come on, man. But you know what I mean? But obviously he bounced back, had a very, I think, solid rookie season. So, again, Cody's just another one of those guys that proved it early. And, and now you want to see him continue to prove it as the week goes along.
0: Well, and I'll tell you the other thing that I want him to prove is I see him, especially after moving into guard, as a guy that can be – Hard to compare him to an all-pro, but be that force multiplier to help your tackle. Because one thing that I want to see tomorrow is I want to see Blake Freeland play better, and I think that's going to help. I I I do want to see that from him. I want to see the edges show up. You mentioned K.J. Henry, not by name, but a a guy that I came to watch specifically, especially with Tyree Wilson not here. And I think K.J.'s got a a good, solid game now, but he's got the athleticism to really take it up a level. He may be a guy that sprouts after he gets to the league with a little bit different coaching. Uh, we saw an inside spin room from him. I saw an arm over from him today, uh, a guy that I'm going to be definitely watching tomorrow. But Aaron, who are you going to watch tomorrow? What do you need to see?
2: I want to see these pass rushers, right? We, we talked about the offensive line. I kind of want to focus on the, on the pass rushers to see what they can do in this arms race as they compete, you know, oh. I, you adjust, I adjust, that sort of thing. So tomorrow I want to see these pass rushers. Derek Halls, one that I'm, I'm going to keep my eyes on. Uh, he's built very similar to a player the Falcons just took in round two this past year in Arnold Epichetti. Hall's a little bit more power while Epichetti was a little bit more speed. And so I, I want to see him show that power, uh, you know, going up against guys like Matthew Bergeron and some of these other guys uh, on that American team. So he's going to be a guy I'm going to keep my eye on. All right, there. Who, who you got tomorrow?
1: I'm glad you brought up Blake Freeland. Actually, he's a guy that I came into today really hoping to see some some good things from him. I kind of kind of pre-eyed him as a guy who could actually rise, and he did have some struggles. And yeah, at one point, did. they moved him to the right side during teams, and he did worse. And that doesn't bode well, because if you're struggling to the left, and they move you to the right, and, and it's just worse, okay, well, now where do we put you? You know what I mean? Now, it's, again, it's, it's just day one. Um, the Arizona State D-tackle looks undersized a little bit. But today he got some wins on some guys, and he's not really a highly touted prospect, so it's okay. But tomorrow they're going to know you're coming. Like today they didn't, maybe they didn't know you were coming. Not trying to be disrespectful to you, but maybe they just were sleeping on you a little bit. You made some guys look a little foolish today. I want to see uh, if if, uh, if if they do. But there's one, Logan Thomas or Logan Thomas, Logan Paulson, former Washington tight end, uh, w- was down there, and he's really interested to see the Cincinnati tight end. And if he's interested to see him well you know i got now i gotta be interested especially because again locked on commanders fans will know this but our uh, listeners will know this, fans of the commanders that the tight end group isn't necessarily locked in for the washington commander especially with logan thomas and some health issues that he's had so if this guy balls out and if logan paulson kind of puts him on the radar for the washington franchise and out there in the mix that could be a guy that you see potentially get targeted by the commanders uh going on but i mean he he's got the the dimensions he looks every bit of the part. So if he can do some things in the passing game and he can show some blocking skills, every NFL team is looking for that next Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, whatever you want. And if he can prove to have a little bit of that. I remember Noah Gray when he was here out of Duke, um, showed a little bit of flash. Like you've seen that he can block and he can catch. Doesn't do anything amazing, And now the Kansas City Chiefs took him and said, you know what? Let's tap into what you can do, and let's make it amazing because of our scheme, and it's working. Yeah, it is. I like how uh, I pointed out Noah Gray to you, locked-on Chiefs host. Like, like, I don't know if you heard of this guy. I'm
0: really (laughs) impressed. Hey, you can keep doing that because I'll take all the hints I can get. But I will tell you this, too. uh, The tight end group's been lauded. But not only did I feel encouraged about Luke Musgrave because – I can sense maybe a little bit of hesitation. He didn't play much this year. He's coming off of an injury. But I like what I saw. He's he's aware in zone, and I think that's going to be a key for him going forward because he just doesn't have those reps to finish off his career. But the guy that stood out to me was Allen from Clemson. I didn't expect to be happy with him, but he made a couple of catches that I really liked, and I thought he was getting loose enough to make me happy. Um, He went against one of my favorite players, another Georgia Bulldog, and Chris Smith, that I was really happy with. I thought he played tenacious for his size. He's going to get knocked for that size Mm -hmm. quite a bit. But especially in man on tight ends, I thought he came away on the day generally holding up really well. I'm happy about him. Uh, I have a few more notes, but I can't get to them all. So last thing, who's your number one guy coming out of today that you
1: have to see really take his his draft stock by the throat tomorrow? It's got to be Mock. I mean, Dewan, again, DeWan is the guy, you know what I mean? But, like, DeJuan more so did what you expect him to do. But I think Mock has to, like, tomorrow is, like, his day to really take this thing by the throat. Um, who was it, Minert's? The, a couple years ago, yeah, like, yeah, like, I, like, like Quinn. Yeah, Quinn. Like he could be this year's Quinn. Yeah,
2: Minert. Yeah, Dewan's fun to look at just because of the physical dimensions. Just seeing a, a human being that size, you know, in three seventy five. It's like okay <laughs> I'm, gonna, say, I'm <laughs> gonna go stand next to him like, I didn't see him on the field today tomorrow
1: I'm just gonna go walk by him. yeah like, please. I'm not gonna say anything to him I'm just gonna go walk by him and open my car
2: please keys let, let us see that so yeah he's up there but yeah I think mock mock is the guy I think these offensive linemen you know really have an opportunity to kind of dominate the week because this is usually a setting where it's the defensive line that gets the advantage in all these one-on-ones and so I think the offensive line has a chance to step up.
0: For me, it's if you're going to take stock of being here, you have to take over your destiny. That means grabbing it by the throat. And for me, I'm waiting. I'm going to name a whole position group because I need a wide receiver to show up and tell me i got to take him. I need him on a roster. I I was hoping it was going to be a particular guy. I'm not going to give that away. We'll see if he steps up tomorrow. But, folks, we'd like to know what you think. Leave your comments about who you're watching day two and who you want to see the rise from. We will have all kinds of information for you from the senior bull. Hey, day one in, I should recover from the sunburn about March. It'll be fine. Um, We're all going to have a good time. Thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you like and sub to this channel, wherever you see this. Thank you guys for all of your insights. And thank you, Ross Jackson, for producing this show. I'm Ryan Tracy. Appreciate you guys. We'll catch you next time.